What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Blake Street Irregulars, your live and local Colorado Rockies podcast, at least, you know, live when we record it. It's not a machine or anything. It's a, it's just us. So my name is Sean Jarotar. With me, as he is every week, Ronnie Court. Ronnie K Radio is the handle on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow. Mine is S Jarotar if you're so inclined. Thank you very much for joining us today. And want to thank our sponsor right off the top, Tap 14. Tap 14 at 1920 Blake Street, less than a block away from the home plate entrance at Coors Field. A beautiful rooftop bar, 70 Colorado draft beers, 100 Colorado distilled spirits, and a regional menu that is locally sourced there by Chef Taylor Creedon, who does a tremendous job. Uh, rain or shine, it's the place to be, pregame, postgame, and even if there's not a game, uh, on a night like tonight where we record this, it's Friday here in Colorado, it's supposed to be a hot night, the Rockies are in Atlanta, you can still be at Tap 14, go check the game out right there. So that's my spot, hopefully it will be your spot too. Give them a look at Tap 14, spell the, spell the number out, tap14.com. Ronnie, when we uh, last left our intrepid band of adventurers, uh, they were coming off of a unfortunate homestand in which I think disappointing was probably the kindest way to put it against Atlanta and Milwaukee. It wasn't disastrous. It was three and four, but it it felt like it should have been a lot better than that. And then they go to Kansas city and drop two there with blown saves by Greg Holland uh, in those situations as well. The Rockies find a way to close it out. They're their finale with the Royals. They have a a game. They win it three to two. Pat Vileka plays a little first base, knocks in a home run late. Holland seems to write the ship, has a seven-pitch perfect ninth inning and, and gets that save. Now the Rockies start a uh, road trip in which they will play three uh, against Atlanta, continuing that that uh, slight little maneuver around the country before they come back for a nice long homestand that will wrap around the end of, of August and into September. But let's just take this Atlanta series at the moment and the fallout from the Royals series because the last time we saw the Atlanta Braves, this is a team that's – Let's just uh, say they're not elite, but they were able to give the Rockies all they can handle in splitting their series, and, and there, there were times when it almost felt as if it could have been worse than that for the Rockies. So what do you expect to see different when they now go visit uh, Atlanta this weekend? Well, I mean, this is certainly a, a Rockies team that needs to get uh, good innings from their starting pitching. Starting pitching struggled a little bit, and, and Kyle Freeland will actually get another go around. Uh, he faced them previously in their first time. Uh, we'll get a chance now on the road uh, in Atlanta, and this is a team that offensively they got to wake up. Uh, just overall offensively last couple games three runs four runs two runs four runs three runs I mean this is not the offensive output that we expect from the Colorado offense and uh, sadly they're actually getting some pretty decent pitching performances from their starting pitching and bullpen over the last couple times and um, then the offense just cannot uh, recoup and and get there so certainly want to see the bats wake up whatever they got to do they got to wake up and then obviously the focus is on Greg Holland right now Uh, the four blown saves in six games prior to uh, yesterday's game where he did get the save. I, I have to admit, I I would have pulled 
Greg Holland. Uh, I, I would not have uh, left him out there. I think it was time for a reset. I still think one save or one outing doesn't mean that he is completely out of this little – I don't know if it's a slump. It's a or slump. If, uh, it's a slump. Oh. The, the last, he's played nine games. He's been in nine games in this month, and he has an ERA of 1350. Yeah. That's including the flawless inning that he pitched uh, yesterday as we record this and saving the last game against his old team. Uh, the Royals. But when, when I look at, at Holland, and I've been talking about this um, on, on our morning radio show, Mile High Sports uh, Radio, 1340 AM, 104.7 in the Denver area, or streaming on live and on demand at milehighsports.com. I've been talking about that with my co-host, Nate Lundy and TJ Carpenter. TJ uh, obviously comes from the KC area and covered yeah. Greg Holland and, and basically said, hey, don't sweat it. This seems to happen to him every once in a while. The, the, everything will work out. And, and Bud Black seemed to have taken that approach. But it's been a bad month. That said, I'm not really sure where else the Rockies go. You don't necessarily look at the rest of the guys and say, all right, well, this is the guy that, that does it. I mean, Pat Nishik has closed before, but I don't know if you necessarily want to put him in that spot. You know, Mike Dunn has, has maybe done it in a pinch, but it, it kind of feels like leaving Holland out there and letting him work his problems out is the best option for the Rockies because while it's easy to look at, at the blips and say, all right, he, he's blown some saves, He's had those kind of issues. The truth of the matter, he has 36 saves and four blown saves. Sure. So baseball is one of those sports where you, you look at it from the micro view and you look at game to game and say, all right, hey, these last couple games, there's something that you're not doing right. But then you look at the big picture and say, okay, then maybe this isn't that big of a problem. We're still talking about 36 out of 40 opportunities he's, he's managed to hit. Look, that's, he's in the top 10 all time for Rocky saves. Believe it or not, yeah. it hasn't even been a full season. <laughs> Certainly. So it's not as if they have a lot of other options on hand. Well, and, and that's the thing is it, the options do play a part. I mean, Pat Nishak, uh, you look at McGee, Dunn. I mean, there's there's not no right. ideal. Yeah. I failed to mention McGee, who was yeah. an all-star at one point with sure. the Rays. But, uh, but ideally, Holland is the guy, obviously. Uh, certainly one thing that plays a part in this is that uh, the fact that we've talked about this in previous podcasts, that NL West run that is coming and do you want to reset Greg Holland now or still try to fight through this or possibly let this linger? And this is where I, I think this becomes a, a big issue because if you still have a lingering, slumping Greg Holland going into this NL West run where they're going to play basically the entire month of September against the NL West, that's when really your wild card positioning is going to get set. You have two ways of thinking. You could say, yes, uh, baseball, uh, you know, it's almost like what we talk about in the NFL, where it's a what have you done for me lately league, you know, and what Greg Holland has done lately has not been very good. You can also look at it and say that, yes, he has 36 saves and uh, he has been fantastic. But why would you walk on the broken leg if it's broken? Why would you continually walk on it? Well, it is, let me, it, let me play time for a reset. What is what does a reset look like? Uh, it, the reset may look like a 10 day, 10 day DL stint. It may simply just look like getting him I mean, away. He hasn't, he hasn't lost any velocity. Sure. This has been more or less, uh, and I wouldn't even say it's necessarily control issues. Uh, Holland's not one of those guys that has four pitches. And, and so a after a little while, it's all about locating him. And if you something's just a smidge off, even if it's confidence, you see a lot of balls in the dirt, which we've seen during this this stretch. But, uh, you know, I guess you could, you could DL him with some phantom injury. We're not going to pretend the teams don't do that all the time. But you don't replace him, do you? No, 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 no. I, I you don't think you wouldn't he, even say sit down. You're going to work the eighth for a week. Yeah, no, you you don't sit him down or make this look like something that's uh, you know obviously this is not an ideal situation at the, at this point. But 
Holland understand Holland's a pro and he understands that he's struggling in a slump and in a way to get him out and maybe this wouldn't be the most ideal because it wouldn't make him the most comfortable this is where the communication between Buddy Black and uh, not only Buddy Black but also uh, a bullpen coach and uh, a pitching coach Holland need to all get together and figure out what's the best way out of this Holland's save had a couple loud outs so I don't want to just say that this save ends everything and is end-all, be-all. Now, Holland may come back and for the next four or five appearances, may look fine and dandy, 10 less uh, pitches, and, and he saves all five of them. But certainly this is a glaring situation that has become a problem because the Rockies have gone into these games with leads and have lost. Everybody wants to talk about, well, you know, it's baseball and it happens. No, you know, as a all-star closer and is your guy in a wild card race if you go into the ninth with a lead you need to win that game I, I don't care this earlier in the season the Rockies were a very good one run team when it matters and that was a big majority part of it because of Greg Holland and we started looking at it and we say, man, this is a team that could do some damage and towards the end of the season. This is a team that maybe could win that playoff game. You're not going to get that if you have a bullpen on the back end that is completely faltering. You're reverting to the Rockies of last year then, where the bullpen was the biggest issue. Rockies 16-10 and 10 now in one-run games. And I, I guess I take a look at it and, and uh, you know, We'll, we'll agree to disagree here, and I think that's that's kind of an interesting thing to do. We, we often look pretty similarly at the way that, that baseball works here. Sure. I, I think the Rockies don't have a better option, and I think, quite frankly, before you bring him back to Coors Field, where the pressure itself uh, of just being there makes it difficult, I think I want him trying to close these games in Atlanta where you hope the Rockies can win two or maybe even sweep that series. Uh, yes, Atlanta used to be called uh, the launching pad because it was at altitude, but it has nothing <laughs> on Coors Field. So it'll be interesting to see where the Rockies go with that. I think they have a score to settle with the Braves. They really do need to focus on that. But I also want to go back to uh, something you talked about with the Rockies offense. And uh, th you are right on the money there. There have been concerns. The team is not stringing a lot of hits together. There have been some mental lapses that have been jarring. We watched Charlie Blackman get picked off of second base uh, with Nolan Arenado yes, at the plate yes. with two outs. I mean, uh, look, Blackman doesn't usually make those errors. I understand that. But those kind of things can't happen. You are not the Dodgers. You are not the Nationals. You are not uh, a team that had, can throw $200 million at your payroll and get that kind of margin for error. These are things the Rockies can't do. And coming back to that offense, in the month of August, we've talked about Carlos Gonzalez uh, having an awful year, and look, he's he's still having an awful year. But in August, at least he's hitting 289 in his 76 at bats. He, he's been uh, in the games, been trying to work it out. Has a couple of home runs, you know, eight extra base hits in that span, and 14 RBI, which actually puts him as only one of the four Rockies with double-digit RBI this month. So it's not as if he looks elite. His on-base percentage is actually still subpar. His slugging percentage is still subpar. So it's not as if he. I, you're looking at it and say Carlos Gonzalez has gotten right, but at least he's gotten better. Trevor Story, on the other hand, has been a disaster. Yeah. In the 20 August games, 27 strikeouts to nine walks, and he's hitting 185. It's gotten so bad that now Ian Desmond, who is rehabbing in the minor leagues, may come up and play shortstop, something he hasn't done for a while. Well, and we talked about the flexibility of Ian Desmond earlier in the season and how he, he wasn't being real, really used as a flexible option because there was nowhere 
kind of to put him. Well, you weren't taking him. Uh, this original signing was to put him at first base. Sure. But as long as Mark Reynolds has been playing the way he is, I mean, you're not moving him off. Now there. you begin to see the versatility and the value of that signing. Uh, and, and certainly Desmond needs to come back healthy, first of all, so that he can actually stay on the field, you know, because your only value is when you're actually usable. But if he does, that is certainly something that's going to come into play because Trevor's story has not been good. I mean, these at-bats we've talked about all year long with uh, him and Carlos Gonzalez, it, uh, at-bats where he's not working the pitch count up. He is swinging at pitches that just you don't usually see these guys swing at. They they are better hitters than that, and they know that too. And they've, uh, they've elaborated at that in the clubhouse before, and certainly it is becoming a problem because Trevor's story is essentially a – non-facto in the lineup that part of the lineup comes up and it is you can't even expect him now to run the pitch count up so it's what's really concerning about that is you you watch guys uh, attack trevor story at the plate and and there's no reason simply not to throw him low and outside the entire at bat. every single the at entire bat. at bat i mean obviously there's a gaping hole in that swing he goes after it and the problem is you're not even getting productive outs from trevor story i don't know if mark desmond can sustain at shortstop. In fact, I suspect that he can't. I, I don't think that's something you want to do. I think the defensive drop-off is pretty substantial. But the, 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 the finale of the Royal Series maybe provides another option. We've talked about him here and there. Pat Vileka with the home run late. Vileka's hitting 276 in August. He also has a pair of home runs and only is 29 at bats. Now, he is not exactly the most disciplined hitter. Either only one walk to 10 strikeouts in those 16 games. But everything across the board has been better than Story, even with the smaller sample size. And Vileka has played shortstop for the majority of his minor league career. For the Rockies, with, with Trevor Story, this is an interesting spot. Now, we know that uh, he overachieved. He wasn't expected to be a, a top-tier type of player when he arrived at the beginning of last season. And uh, the power is absolutely for real. You make a mistake to Trevor Story, it goes a long way. But teams have realized, I, I don't even have to throw the ball in a spot where he can really get the bat on it for, for Story to swing. Brendan Rodgers, the Rockies' top prospect, is coming quickly. I don't think the Rockies necessarily want him next spring. I know they don't want him this September. But is, is it time for the Rockies to maybe accept that Trevor Story is a part-time player or do you do what you do with Greg Holland? Do you say, you know what, we've ridden him this long, we've got to keep doing it? Or is, is the fact that Bud Black's talked about Ian Desmond now playing a little time short, something that at no point, even when he was originally signed, did they discuss? Is the writing on the wall there? You spent 70-plus million to use that versatility of Ian Desmond. It's time to use it. And this is where I, I believe it's a little bit different in, compared to the pitching situation that they have going on right now is the fact that, you know, you brought in a guy to be versatile and have that spot. Now, the injury certainly plays a role. Uh, from everybody that I've talked to, Brendan Rodgers needs to stay down yes. and not be in the MLB. Yeah, he's, he's, he's he still should very not young. even be a thought. Uh, certainly there's an interesting, um, you know, situation now with, with some of the guys that are being sent up and, and down. I mean, they, they dabbled around with Ryan McMahon. They dabbled around with, uh, they've been doing this all year long with Tapia as well, right. too. Um, they have depth in the bats. I, I think you can ride out this Trevor Story situation just trying to set sit down with him set aside and, and really try to get down to the, to going back to the fundamentals and the basics. We've seen Carlos Gonzalez kind of hit the reset button on the season, and he's by all means not been great. He has not been regular Carlos Gonzalez, 
But you're starting to see a guy that you can now kind of justify him in the lineup. And I think this same exact thing is going to have to happen with Trevor Story. Now, if they've already done this and he is still at this point where it's getting worse and, and he just the at-bats are just awful, then you really need to look at and say, you know what, maybe we need to look at a switch. I mean, Pat Valeka has been good. Um, he's certainly been one of the better, if not the best, pinch hitters uh, that the team has had you know, in the MLB. However, a full-time role changes things dramatically. And you kind of talked about it, especially with walks. I mean, he uh, it is very He's much really a no boom. better than story in that regard. Yeah. It's very much a boom bust type at bat with uh, Valeka. And that tends to uh, the inconsistently t- tends to, uh, then you're just inserting Trevor story again. Yeah. And, and back to Brendan Rogers for a minute. I mean, he was just sent up to Hartford, uh, not all that long ago, and that's the double-A team for the Rockies. Uh, he's only 21 years old and only turned 21 this month. So, no, we're not suggesting that Rodgers uh, comes anywhere near the Rockies. It's more the idea that within the, by maybe mid-season next year, it may indeed be a possibility. So, uh, But I suspect you're right, because much like Holland, much like Gonzalez, Bud Black's managing style basically says, look, these are my best players even if they're not playing at their best now, we're going to have to let them work out of it. And I think that's healthy. I think that's wise because the Rockies don't have better players at those positions. And at a certain point, you can outthink yourself because you can put a lesser player in that spot and hope they will outperform your better player. But that seems to be a game where you're betting on on a negative instead of a positive. And I think for baseball managers, because the players they manage are human beings with emotions, with confidence, uh, with feelings, you want to make sure to keep those guys uh, confident and as happy as possible. And to the rest of their teammates, send a message to them and say, hey, look, if Nolan Arenado goes in a two-week span where all of a sudden he can't even see the ball and he's awful at the plate, you look at it and say, whatever, it's Arenado. Go yes. work it out. So I, I think that's what not only the Rockies are going to do, I actually think it's what they should do because they're just not a team like the Dodgers that has options left and right all over their rosters and minor leagues where they can bounce guys in and out. At this point, the Rockies kind of are who they are. And if you have to start putting hey, a little bit of duct tape over the holes, then that's what you have to do. And look, every team's going to go through this. Every team's going to go through injuries. Every team's going to go through some of their better hitters slumping. I mean, uh, even the Dodgers. I mean, we talked about a guy in Jock Peterson who actually had a, a pretty good start to the year, and then all of a sudden he's being sent down now. And he was considered to be an elite prospect for the majority exactly. of his minor league now, career. Now, of course, the, he was sent down for reasons because they brought in a Curtis Granderson. That's a whole other story. The Rockies are a team that has depth, but going through the motions, you're getting to the end, towards the end, what, 35, 40 games left? And yeah, 35 again, left. Again, right. 162 game season. There's just these ebbs and flows. This is a team that has never been not in the wild card race. So everything that they're doing is exactly what they should be be doing. Now that certainly there are glaring uh, red flags in certain situations. I mean, I think the bullpen, the back end is probably your biggest one right now, but you ride out the storm and that's kind of how Buddy Black has really done this throughout the year. I mean, even when we look back earlier in the season with Tyler Chatwood, uh, m- many thought Chatwood should have been pulled long before they did it eventually. And Buddy Black kind of rode out the storm and, and uh, you know, these things matter to players is giving them an opportunity and not having that quick hook and and it it matters down the stretch because then you you see a guy like carlos gonzalez maybe start to try to turn it around you have a a uh, trevor story who is slumping and, and maybe he can turn around towards the end of the season get back to 
I, I wouldn't say old form, but at least something that justifies your at-bats, but certainly it's it's not been very good. This could be a white-knuckle ride heading down the stretch. The Rockies in their last 16 games have only won five to the 11 losses, and, and this will be a challenging stretch for them. As a result, some there's got to be some frustration because now as, as we record this, they trail the Diamondbacks by a half game. That could bounce back and forth daily, but the Rockies have to feel in their last 16 games that they've let an opportunity to actually put a lot of these teams in their rearview mirror, and they missed it. When you win five out of 16, you've missed it. Brewers now trail by three and a half, the Cardinals by five, the Marlins by five and a half. Uh, those are the teams that are realistically within striking well, and distance. And I will add, too, those wildcard teams that are in striking distance, they have not been great. It's not like they are hot on the Rockies' tails or anything like that. And this this is what we talked about in previous podcasts, this Milwaukee, KC, Atlanta, Detroit little stretch before the NL West. This was your opportunity to distance yourselves, and you didn't. So now you are going to be locked in against an Arizona team who you're likely going to go one-on-one against here in many opportunities uh, and possibly the wildcard game. You're going to have to go to the Dodgers. You're going to have to uh, face a San Diego team that has uh, kind of been the thorn in your side. And so certainly this is where it is lockdown mode. And for the Rockies, the playoffs start now because it, it is time for them to truly show that the, the the page has turned on the past Rockies, and this is a team that is not going to fall and collapse towards the end of the season. We've seen that games over 500 bounce between, a, you know, 11, 12, and then it balloons to 16, and then it drops down back to 11 or 12. And so certainly right now in their situation, uh, 11 games over, this is really the moment. This is the time to rise to the occasion and show the MLB world that this is a team that is legit and this is not the same old Rockies. Rockies have seven games left against the Diamondbacks, so that is completely up in the air between those two teams. And when the calendar turns to September, there is only one series that is not within the division. Oh, and that's the Marlins, another one of your close teams that have trailed you. And the last time the Rockies saw them, Thorn they in were the swept. Yep. So for the Rockies, I think you are right. The the playoffs for them really needs to start now they need to turn it around against a bad team in atlanta get a little bit of revenge for what happened here at course field and we'll see how that goes chad bettis uh, will start off that series on friday night followed by kyle freeland and john gray and then when we return uh when it comes to next monday the rockies will be back at home for a a long nine game homestand starting with detroit and then again tipping into september in that nl west stretch uh, we will be on top of it uh, with you the whole way so I want to uh, once again thank everyone at Tap 14. They do a terrific job sponsoring this podcast. And, uh, well, they do a terrific job feeding me and letting me have things to drink and uh, adult all beverages, that sort of stuff. Yes. Adult beverages. And, wait, this isn't this is a podcast. There's no FCC rules like radio. Yeah, I can totally say I have a beer. Okay, they Tap have fantastic 14. beer. Fantastic beer. <laughs> 70 Colorado beers, 100 Colorado distilled spirits there, and a terrific menu. And I think the, the best rooftop bar in the entire Lodo area. Fabulous so, so give them a look. Uh, drop by and, and, and say hello. Tell them we sent you. And uh, remember, go out there every month a couple times and record on location, too. So come on out when we do that and uh, say hi. So make sure you follow them at tap14.com. as tap14 spelled out, uh, .com. Ronnie, always a pleasure to have you here. It, Thank it's you, It's been Sean. terrific all season being able to do this every week, even though we some rotate out some cast of characters. Being able to check in with you weekly means that now that we have this big chunk of the season behind us, 
We can refer to things and build upon what we have uh, been doing over the course of the season. So if you'd like, you can always go listen to all the other previous podcasts and, and get an idea how we've gotten to this point and how the Rockies have gotten to this point. So going forward, uh, we've got you as this comes down to the stretch and one of the most interesting and important Rocky seasons over the last, quite frankly, uh, decade. So it will be pretty fascinating to see how this shakes out starting right now in Hotlanta. So for Ronnie Ronnie K Radio on Twitter from Ronnie Court of Mile High Sports. My name is Sean Drotar. You can follow me on Twitter at S Drotar or listen to me on the radio at that same Mile High Sports Radio, 1340 AM, 104.7 FM, or always online at milehighsports.com. Thank you very much for listening. We will get back to you in just a couple days. This is the Blake Street Irregulars, a 5280 Sports Network production.